Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There we go. I'll start video here. One second. Let's see if I can't get you in here. One, one minute, one minute, one minute. I might have to uh, try to wrap my video. Let's see here. I can hear you. I can definitely hear you. Can you okay. hear me? I see my video here again as we did. And the FaceTime camera. Okay. And uh, I just see the uh, your title page, but I have the built-in microphone on. Okay. Very I good. See my video see. settings are activated. All right. Before. Hang on. It may, it might be. It, but what's messed oh, up? It's yeah. Right. Well, it's it's that's me. I just I just made you moderator here. Oh, okay. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Speaker view. I'm gonna. There you go. There's that. And I'm gonna make you. I gotta pin you. Spotlight for everybody. Spotlight for everybody. That would be you. The host has pinned spotlight. They've changed this damn thing, man. They. I. I don't. It don't. It's not that I, I don't mind change. But, but man, yeah. It's okay. It's, People are used to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now let me see. I see the thumbnails. Let me start yeah. a video. I see you, you on the thumbnail. Okay. You see me? I see you. Okay. Somehow, some way, I need to get you back up in here. All right. How did we do last time? Yeah. Now, now it's all you. Okay, I only have Jim Reeves' little purple. One? I'm looking for the camera to show up. There's the camera again coming on in our tests, on our settings. Did we do anything on these defaults? I don't think so. I don't think we did either. It was something I that just... I touched on here. Oh, you did it. this. Okay, let me okay, try to hit this. Uh, raise no, hand. It was something else. Something else? Like a pin? Moderator, do we hit the pin? You are a spotlight. Do we pin? To... It was one no, of the, I, I already pinned you. There, I just right, unpinned so you. Star. Okay. I've got settings. We'll get this. The settings. Is supposed got... to be a double oh, the video thing. Start video. That's there. it right there. You did it. There we go. Bingo. All right. Now, like okay. I said, I, I, I was saying that you, you probably shouldn't, couldn't see me. Okay. Because right. I had what, in order for me to get my screen so you could see me. I had to shut down OBS, which is what the show is just even is streamed on. Okay, so now, so now I gotta try to get this show back up and rolling. That's with All my right. video feeds. All right, just hang tight. Right. Okay, I'll hang tight. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. You, I'm gonna. You're no longer gonna yeah. see me. I'm gonna quit my video. Okay. That's my stop my video. And I'm gonna see if that. Nope. I still got you, buddy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna make you 
uh, speaker view. There's you. Okay, hang tight. All right. Are you excited? This is great. This is huge. This is historic. The timing's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty damn excited, buddy. I really am. That's great. All right, so let's Looking get to... Uh, March 19th. Well, damn it, Matt. You you good. You good, Matt. That's good, yeah. That worked. This... All right, Mr. Tom Althaus. Got you in there, too? Yes, sir, I do. All right. So, uh, hang on. Now I'm going to, I got one more guest in me, which would be you and me. Now, Angela, right, Angela can watch if she wants to and, and listen and all that stuff, dude. It's, yeah. She's taken um, her daughter over to uh, another party's house, so, she, okay. so she'll have a, to play time and not interrupt or anything. So. Gotcha. We're talking about how amazing you are and beautiful and talented. They no, always are. Why is it? <laughs> they always are. Why is it? And you can watch. Yeah. Oh, I thought you needed something. We just need you. You need me? Just okay. a lot. Hi. Yeah, I see. Go. I see you. <laughs> there you are. Okay. All right. Hey, um, let's see. Okay, Mr. Tom, I'm going to – no, no, here's the thing. I remember I told you that I'm going to give you another link that you can, if you want to, that you can – it will go directly to the feed itself. Remember me telling you that? Yeah. If, if, again, that, that's for your – that's for the viewers. If not, like yeah, I, I said, the link. you said share. I sent the one you shared, said share to yeah. all of different sites. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's already out there. All right, good. Good. Now, again, if you want to see me, if you want to see me, you don't really have to. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to, you could on a completely different machine. Okay. Okay. All right. Or another, or, or yeah, on another machine. And you could actually watch what's going on, but you have to have it muted. If not, again, you'll hear it squeal and feedback, Absolutely. blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Okay. right. Yeah, that would be great if um, if you're in that little box in the bottom, I'll get to see what your expressions are and what you're... I am. I'm in that little box. I'm, on, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the, in the box with you. Yeah. It's not with you. I'm, I'm just box. in the other box. Yeah. All right. I'm going to mute you. Long, I'm going to yeah. mute you, bud. And, uh, All right. Then right right after that, I mean, I promise you, I'm going to get you. Let's see. Do I? It's nice and quiet where you're at, huh? Very quiet. Yeah. Okay. Well, since it's quiet there, I'm not going to have to mute you. Okay. Just hang tight. Right. Introduce you. And uh, I'm going to press play here. You ready? You ready to play? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? 
Matt here with the Matrix Minds. It is oh, Friday, Friday, March the 19th, and tonight is going to be a wild ride in the Matrix. I'm going to be joined here in just a second with Mr. Tom Aldhouse, and I called him, and which he is, he totally is, the man behind the Matrix. That voice that Hollywood never wanted you to know about, that voice that no one seemed to care about up until, well, he, you know what? He's had enough. He's had enough for quite some time. And without a doubt, he's breaking outside of this matrix, my friends. Stepped up to the matrix minds, and let's give a warm welcome here just a second to Mr. Tom Althaus. Everybody, hang tight. Let's join in on this party. As I fade, as I fade this out, right, you hear him, it is, it is people who turn on other people, people who do not get the credit for doing the things in which they've done, the intellectual property, your biometric data, your, your mind, your consciousness, the man that I'm going to be joined with right this moment, Mr. Tom Althouse exclusively one that can come up to this plate and smash that ball out of the park when it comes to intellectual property being stolen. This man has created the script, the screenplay that has been taken from him. And well, it is now his time. Mr. Tom Althouse, do you hear me, my friend? It is now your turn. Hello. How are you? I do, Matt. Good to hear you. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you. Good to hear you too. It really is. Tom, you're making your way around the multimedia platforms, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's been a quite a busy couple months now. Everything seems to be taking off finally. Yeah. That's a good thing. And you know what? You this is a I'm like I told you when I first got a hold of you, I am and the the brain I call them the brainiacs. These guys, they are well aware of what's going on. They know and they understand the man behind the curtain, the illusion, right? The delusion of the illusion, the facade. These guys, Tom, for they've been following me for 12 plus years, man. They know. Trust me, they know. 
They right. know. They're aware. <laughs> and That's the great. Matrix, man. Oh my God. We are we all, everybody, we're excited to have you here to hear your story from the beginning. And I, I'm completely aware that if if your connection fails, well, it didn't fail for any reason other than, you know, the man behind the curtain, right? Right, exactly. That's been happening a lot. Yeah. You might you want let, let's uh let's start at the very beginning. Whenever whenever everybody hears me say the man behind the the matrix what exactly you and i know what that means but mm -hmm. why don't you tell everybody what that means i think i gave you a good ex, uh a good introduction and here in a second we're gonna talk about red pill rising because like i said mm -hmm. you have had enough mm -hmm. oh absolutely i think yeah uh enough of the family losses and uh all the playbook moves that they do i think we're out of the final pages of the playbook we've gone through it and now we can actually write the playbook um, we, we're educated now. We know exactly, uh, our team, what to do. So it's time to bring it back. Now, Tom, you, you started, we started, I, I say we, because I'm part of your reality. Okay. I'm right. part of your experience. It's part of this consciousness. Right. We started this project, right? At the ripe young age of what, when did you start this project? When I first started writing it, I was it was in um, 1990, like actually 1989 to 1991 is the beginning genesis of it. And the idea was floating around that I had. And then in 91, 92, 93, I pen it, get it all down. And uh, that's when I'm asked to pitch it um, to Bonaventure of Universal uh, um, uh, Warner Brothers. And uh, that is done directly to him. He has a script in hand when I pitch it to him. So it's it's a long genesis where I wanted to write a door opening piece that would actually whisper through art what I knew what was going on, uh, connecting dots with major organizations as I was being groomed to be the uh, face of one of those major organizations that now are involved in pedophilia, uh, intellectual property ripoff, uh, trying to formulate this one world society. And the things that I was heard while I was being groomed were chilling. So I decided to whisper through art. Now whispering too hard what do you mean by what what or whispering or, or through talk art. oh whispering through art gotcha yeah. gotcha I th well you you must have done something right and you must have done something really right because yeah. that movie i'm telling you right now bro that movie i like i told you prior to this conversation i i have loved 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 the movie the matrix mm -hmm. okay but the problem is nobody knew <laughs> nobody knows much about what that movie really was no of course not really what you see on set now different people are coming forward like paul martin and others are coming forward and saying yeah your work was used on set we have the guy from marvel comics paul anderson who wants to now do a cypher man immortals blend now i got all these emails and uh texts from him saying let's do a blend so all these people that were involved in the beginning of this um, using the piece, my piece, which was actually resubmitted in 19, we recopyrighted in 1998, one year before the Matrix was shot. And that's this one right here, which was actually used on set. So this is the piece that was actually used on set that I hold in my hand, which has everything from Squiddies, Jack's the Neck, identical figures, train station, little girl, 
uh, liquid mirrors as security device at the train station, identical figures at the end, pulse wave turning <clears> green. Right. Uh, that's all in there. That's one year before the Matrix is shot. And what happens is the Wachowskis uh, first have to audition. You know, fans of the Matrix know that the Wachowskis were told they had to have an audition piece, which was called Bound. Now they're trying to backtrack on that. But Joel Silver had to show the suits at Warner Brothers that they could direct. Because in an article preceding that in 1995, when they failed at Assassins, the, another writer had to be brought in to finish it. The Wachowskis said they had to pack their bags and leave Hollywood. They were finished as writers. They failed. And so the only way they would make it is that they directed a piece and they wanted to quote the science project. So my piece was already submitted in 93. Joel Silver himself entered my work into the uh, Warner Brothers story department in 94. That's testimony from Teresa Wayne who's still ahead of it. And uh, it was submitted, everything through an attorney. And so the Wachowskis were candidates to take it so they can have in-house work, steal the work and keep it in-house. And that's what studios began to do in the theft process. They would give it to in-house failed writers to take the credit, and then they got the work in-house, claiming it in-house. That's part of the strategy. And so what happens is you um, have my work end up with the Wachowskis through Bound. They do Bound, and they direct it, and Joel Silver has them basically succeed for the suits that, okay, they can direct at least. And right. they make the lead character in Bound, Violet, and you'll see a lot of things with Violet in it. And that's my grandmother's name. They do a lot of things where they put the Easter eggs, like they had to put the things forward, the truth, in right. the films itself and Easter eggs. That's where your real news is, <clears throat> downloads, props. And so my grandmother's name kept using being used uh, in shows like Violet. And uh, incidentally, in Oblivion, when they uh, throw my case and uh, do Oblivion, Joel Silver with Disney, they put Jack and Julia as lead characters. That's my brother and sister's name. So they just keep dropping names. That's why that insert we'll look at has my name, my high school, my dad's name, my birthday, all that stuff. But yeah, audition piece was bound and uh, they did bound and then they were given what they called the science project. And then in 96, since they're given it, they finally put the name on it, Matrix. That's why there's no copyright on the Matrix at that point. There's only gotcha. a copyright on my title, The Immortals. Yeah, so they copyrighted my title, The Immortals. Dean Laurentiis, who wanted nine the Wachowskis, actually has entries on that Red Pill Rising. You can look at it then on redpillrising.org. Mm -hmm. The actual entries of the Copyright Office are not the Matrix. It's the Immortals, my title, this screenplay right here. And so they copyright my title. And what they do is they put it under, in the end, after Dean Laurentiis and Paradise Films, which are the same companies and name on the Assassins with the Wachowskis. They're the ones claiming the Immortals with all these subtitles, no body of work. And that way, any studio that has a take on it can... Put, get a slot through that Immortals uh, copyright without a body of work and take a subtitle, stick it in the slot. It was all set up. It was really amazing how they set up this whole ripoff machine because the work is valued at 1.2 billion. Jesus. You know what? I've got, I can, I can, again, you can't see what's on your screen and, and watch, but I, I'm going, what I'm going to share, I'm going to, I'm to let you know what I'm sharing with everybody. Okay. That works. Um, this what i'm about to share with with you and everybody else this is what is known as the imdb tv okay imdb tv gives a rundown on all of your writers your screenplay your your artists your authors your screenplay um actors etc producers anything and everything that you've got to uh got connection with hollywood or etc right what is that, is that right, right tom this is like, yeah, a, I think pretty much covers it. Yeah. Right? Okay. So we can go through here, the IMDB, 
and see that Tom is not what he said. He's not a failed writer, okay? He's not a failed writer by any means. And this, whenever we get to, to get to talk about screenplay, he has got in his arsenal of stuff here things in which he was he's been known for. Okay, so this goes back prior prior to the Matrix, prior to the there. There's a ton of stuff in here that anybody can look and see. Mister Allhouse, you're not say don't don't say that you're not a failed writer. You are. You've got one of the most notorious movies in Hollywood that everybody knows. You are not a failed writer. And they wished, like you said, they wished to defame you guys. But that, you know what? We're here, man. You're here. And again, I've got good friends out there that is in mainstream media. And we'll do what we can do to get you the, you know, the, the publicity that you, you, you are due. I love that. That's great, especially for my two sons that are now gone. Um, I do lift their memory and I do feel like they're here and I want to honor them. That's what I want to do is finish this work, get this film made, um, get the truth out, get the name credit back. And that that lifts them. So that's Absolutely. One yeah, but See, what's really interesting is. Good. What's, what's interesting is what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that when you look at, you know, people try to figure out what the Matrix means, but you can't because it's lifted images. What the Wachowskis did was lifted the images they thought were cool. And now what's coming forward is there was a 600 so page storyboard that was used on set. And then they had this script on set, this 1998 version. You can see down here on the bottom, it says 1998. For those hang on one, just, just hang on one second. I'm gonna, I yeah. want them to actually see that. So okay. yeah, we're going, we're going to, there we go. Keep holding that up there. Okay. There we go. But Library, Library of Congress. Congress. December 1998. So this is right. what was used on set for 1999. That's why they rushed it forward. Now what Got they it. do is you can see the title Immortals and everything. You see all the pages. Their attorney said there would only be eight pages. You can see this is not eight pages. Anyway, so no. what happens is 128. And what happens is they, to reverse engineer it and really see what the matrix means and how those all those visuals fit together, you have to realize that it really can't be done. I'm kind of amused that um, there's so many takes on the matrix, almost like 20,000 entries or something of great minds trying to piece it together, but you can't. The Wachowskis give you, like our media does, just all kinds of smoke trails. You're not gonna get the answers unless you put it back to the original script and how those things were actually laid in. It's like taking a Porsche and chop shopping it. You gotta put the pieces back together to make the Porsche run, to understand mm -hmm. the Porsche. And so what you have is this lifted images and they made the storyboard for that. That's in one hand, we're told by people from the set. And then you have my screenplay in the other. And here's the fascinating part. They made it up as they went along. And in the end, after they shot it, Jill Silver in 2003 in an article said, we hope it ties together. We hope it'll tie together. Well, you would know that if you actually made the script. And he said, oh, right. the rest of the story. Yeah, right. And so what happens is they then wrote it after they shot it. There's no working drafts. Their attorneys are on tape saying there's no working drafts, no, no, um, uh, notes or anything, no notebooks like this. Watch how he's playing nothing. And so what they did was they took this script. They took, as I said, the storyboard with the lifted images, like mm -hmm. a chop, chop Porsche of pieces, and they made it up as they went along. That's why you have Alice in Wonderland. That's why you have the ghost, the train man from Ghost. Now think of it. These are small minds, and I don't mean to be picking, but they're not that bright. They failed as writers. They said themselves in '95. Right. So I'm going to take that license and say that. 
And right. as the original writer, you know, for me, it's like Solomon's baby. It's like they don't have any idea what that baby likes to eat, what his favorite color is or anything. They don't understand the story. And so what happens is uh, they make it up as they go along on set. And as they go along, they have to fill in the gaps, right? So lifting images like the train station scene actually has liquid mirrors as security devices. If I go right here to the train station scene, just to peg this for you, this is page uh, 74 in the original work. On page 74, you see right here on the bottom, train station scene. And in it, you have liquid silvery mirrors. These liquid mirrors, what? if you take the red pill, you can pass through them. So that's why wow. Neo gets trapped between worlds. But what they do is they lift the image of liquid mirrors out, and they lift the train station scenes out, and they ruin it. They lift the little girl out, and on their fan page, they say the little girl's just a subplot. No, the little girl's integral to the story because the Wachowskis took the relationship out. The little girl is reflective of Neo's daughter he lost earlier and Neo's daughter that returns to him at the end. He's not supposed to die. So by chopping the images out, they ruined the whole spine of the story. Neo's supposed to be at the end watching the identical figures facing off, and then his little girl reunites with him, renewed to life without um, burn scars and stuff, and points to the sun and has a final line, which blows everybody away, and they go, well, now I get it. That's what it's supposed to be. And so by lifting these images out, they did it individually. So the train station scene was supposed to be a crowded scene, as it says on the page there, which precedes the Matrix, 1998. Right. And so you've got these crowded people pushing forward their kids for a better life in the program, right, who haven't taken the pill. And they're screaming at those that are in the program to take their children as they're passing through the liquid mirrors. But if they take their children, they're going to be sex trafficked and everything else in this uh, program. But Thanks. one of these uh, Hollywood producers pointed something out to me recently. It was really cool. He said, Tom, in your work, it's a haggard woman, you know, someone who's like um, dressed poorly, uh, screaming for our Neo character to take her child into the program, right? And it's right Great. here. Um, haggard woman. Screaming, Haggard woman. Take your daughter, it's your daughter, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so they're, she's pushing her kid forward and to go through the liquid mirrors and leave the train station end of the program. But the problem is, um, you know, in, in their story, The Matrix, as they lift these images, they, they dumb everything down and they make it well-dressed Indian couple. The question is that was brought to me by the Hollywood producer was, listen, Tom, did you catch this? They made it a well-dressed couple. If they're well-dressed, why do they have to give their child up? Why are they giving their child right. up? You know, in mine, it's a haggard woman who's competing with thousands of people pushing forward. The only way they can think of getting their child to a better life out of the hell they're living in outside the program. So that's one of the things they lift. So, so what I'm saying is, back to the point, by lifting all the images they think are cool and want to get credit for it, they didn't care about what it meant. And fans of the work can even recall the Wachowski saying, um, they'll let fans figure it out for themselves. Well, that's stupid. Let audiences figure it out for themselves. So what they're doing is they didn't understand the work. So when we see that graphic later with the, you know, my high school and everything in it, the first graphic shot in the Matrix, the interrogation scene, mm -hmm. the guy, the gentleman who told me about that from the storyboard uh, story department at Warner Brothers said that the Wachowskis um, hate you. They don't understand the work. They just want to do it so they can get on with their um, being, you know, successful writers and get famous and everything else. They didn't expect it to be successful. They actually mocked it on set. When it became successful, the suits came, we got to do a two and three. And they're like, oh God, okay. Right. So they actually tried to write a Matrix 2 that didn't work and they still have it online somewhere. A Matrix 2 that was horrible. It starts with this uh, motorcycle with Trinity and Neo on it disintegrates and they get this uh, double of Neo, I guess they clone him. 
and they named him Gregory, who's being trained by the Smiths to defeat Neo. It didn't work. It was scrapped. Well, my best friend who helped me work on the battle sequences is named Greg, Gregory, and I'm Thomas A, and Neo is Thomas A, so that's how they play the game. But the thing is that, yeah, that script you never see. And so what they did was they started using my script on set for two and three. Hey Tom, I've got some some questions. Some 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 people in the in, in the in the Matrix sandbox here have got some questions. Go okay, and and the majority, of, I, I one of the questions the gal said you know says she'll call in to ask you, but the All other right, one that that says she Miss Tammy Bonham um no um can't Miss Candace Dreyer from Texas, right asks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom, how can we how can we get a hold of and or read the original script, the you know the the original Matrix, the the Immortals? Is there a way they can do that? That's a great question. Well, we did. We put it up on site and it got struck. Just like interviews have been getting struck. It's like it's a real war right now because they see us as a key. Just think, if we make this piece, then we win. If they put an injunction on us and make this film, uh, they put an injunction saying we have matchups, then we win. If they don't put an injunction, everybody's going to see 190 matchups, including Jackson Neck, Rebel Like Agents. But we are putting again on redpillrising.org. If you go to that site um, for Tammy and them, you'll see some of the original pages that I'm showing and some of the matchups because we're going to reverse engineer it and show it that way. Then we're going to post the whole piece pristine for everybody just to go through it. Because the understanding that people need to have is it's reverse engineered. You have to reverse engineer it where all the images then will make sense into a, a complete story, which they can never hold together by chop shopping it. So it will not read exactly like the Matrix at all. It'll right. read like there's Liquid Nears, there's the Smith, there's the um, Robot Like Agents, there's the Jackson Neck, which the, you know, Wachowski said they want to do for real in an article in 95. You know, they want to do Jackson Neck for real. So it was one of the first things. This is the first time it's ever been done like that. And then you got the little girl at the train station, the uh, crowds, you know, uh, the um, stadium, the um, underground, the Zion group, and uh, the last cavern where the debris is coming down from the ceiling, the tunnelers, the diggers, um, the squiddies, the tank-like, claw-like things. Um, you've got the one key device that blows it. You even have the fake Oval Office in there, underground. The so fake, the fake Oval Office? Yeah. We've already yeah, seen, right? Yeah. I do believe we've yeah, already right seen the fake White House, Tom. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But, but see, what they're doing I, is, I believe, Matt, they're imitating... It's now it's uh, life imitating art, right? That's what's going on. So right now they're doing life imitating art. So and it's a joke. It's a big joke to it. So anything in our screenplay, they're actually bringing it um, now uh, into life. It's like it. They, they say this is the key. If we make this, it's the key. I'm just looking for the um, fake Oval Office here. Gotcha. As we're talking. But yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, it's supposed to be marked here. Anyways, it's really it's crazy that. Um, Everybody in Hollywood, most of the people in Hollywood all know this was taken. And I'm being told even now that uh, – what's her name? The famous comedian I was told today said that, yeah, your work was taken. The, that one lady who's really amazing, this comedian. Mr. Um, Allhouse, let me ask you this because you, you know – again, you, you, you are not new to this, this battle. Okay, You know no, that. Not and, at all. And everybody yeah. else knows that. So knowing right. that – with that being said – Tom, do you have anybody in your corner that are, has also, like you, gotten their intellectual property, their screenplay prior to contract or an NDA or anything, anything like that? Or you cannot be alone. No, I'm not. But they did a good job trying to make me alone. Here's the Oval Office, the fake Oval Office on page 101. Right there. So they're imitating the screenplay. Here's the fake Oval Office. 
Jacob, can you can you read me that? Yeah. Just read that. Yeah, read sure. me I'll, that. Okay, here I'll read it to you. It says this. Uh, it's a couple times in the screenplay you see the fake Oval Office. It says interior wintergreen, which is Zion. I originally called it Zion, then I called it wintergreen because that's actually the city underground that we have in DC okay. or whatever. Uh, Oval Office underground. Jacob sits at the desk in a room resembling the White House's Oval Office. He looks at a key on a chain. An officer for underground enters the room. Many people are gathering, sir. So what happens is that key on the chain is the one he uses to blow the tunnels when the squiddies come in. So it's all there. It's all there. Yeah, it's all there. So it's 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 just bizarre. So this was too much for them. It was like they all these studios had take on this script, takes on it. And so they actually that's why the copyright has um, the investment firms in the end, De Laurentiis and Paradise Films and De Laurentiis Pictures ends up taking his name off of it. He was on there with Assassins, with Wachowskis. It's on the um, redpillrising.org. You'll see those entries from the Copyright Office. Mm-hmm. And then he switches it, when I end up in Hollywood, he switches it to the two biggest investment firms basically in the world, the Netherlands Bank, this other one, become the copyright holders and, and claimed creators of my work, the Immortals. That's amazing. And so in that way, what they did was they said that, you know, since everybody had a take on it and everybody, they like Warner Brothers uh, uh, suits had said, in one article, you know, we, we know we have something cool, but we don't know what it is. The Wachowskis couldn't explain it to him. So Joel Silver yeah. tried to. So what they did was since everybody had a take, Disney and all these others, Sony and everybody, they uh, did that multiple title thing under Immortals and put it under investment firms. And every time an investment firm gives it out to a studio that wants it, they feel free to take it because the investment firms claim ownership. I'm supposed to be out of the picture. <clears throat> and then whenever a uh, studio takes it, the investment firms make money. You know, so it's like you steal the property, claim you made it. Investment firms don't create intellectual property. They don't. And do it just that. Can, it just continues and continues, right? Yeah, that's that's part of the game. Damn. And then to destroy, you know, and then you have to destroy the writer. So they do it this way. They see it as this: if you are a writer and you have one family you're dealing with as a writer family, then if you're worth, as they're saying now, 1.2 billion is what I'm estimated at for my work, then just destroy me. Or make me pliable. That's why my two sons have been killed. And that's why contacts tell me they've been killed. It's supposed to make me, quote, putty in their hand. That I'm Mm -hmm. broken. And I'll work with them because no one else will work with me. Because they will slander, spread, defame, destroy. And they do. It's been a real, quite quite a journey. And they actually have a congressman who's a, he's just admitted he's a lifelong FBI agent. How can you have a lifelong FBI agent and a congressman who has my sister completely in his pocket? And my sister just bragged recently to my mom she's going to get bigger rewards now, but she's supposed to push that I should be locked away under a 302, which means a suspect for mass murder. So they've done a number of 302 attempts on me and hauled me off to the hospital in the middle of the night with police under Fitzpatrick, who's FBI, and I'm hauled off. My sister is not going to withdraw this thing. She's got family under her thumb now. She's successful with trips to London, to um, the Caribbean, where uh, Trudeau went with that Arab guy named yacht. Uh, mm-hmm. New York, San Diego, everything. And she gets Jimmy Fallon show appearances. She gets to be on CNN, which is owned by Warner Brothers, appearing. She gets to uh, be president of psych people in Pennsylvania. She gets to be top psych person in Pennsylvania. She was on the floor of the Congress after the last one of the last failed 302 attempts. Uh, this uh, Fitz guy put up her picture on the floor of Congress, basically saying she's a national treasure. And she's Damn, just become man. hateful. Yeah, and so she's supposed to destroy me now. And handle family by being successful and just told my mom on the phone. Uh, my mom said that t- yesterday she was on the phone all day saying, if you don't say Tom's a liar, if you don't stop Tom, 
uh, turn against him, then I'll cut you off and my grandchildren are not going to see you anymore. And that's what she told her. What? And she bragged, she... Yeah, and she bragged that she's going to have all these awards. And so if you look her up, she's, she's all over, you know, trying to um, basically push this 302. So that's the last hurdle we have. And so that's how they get rid of visionaries intellects now is um, they push a 302 on you by buying off a family member, you know. And by buying off that family member, they never stop. And boy, she's just – I can't believe my mom said she's going to have even a bigger reward than the floor of Congress being mentioned with her picture up. But yeah, you that's got, how it works right now. She's drunk on you it. got the brainiacs and the matrix breakers behind you, bro. They're saying, damn it, boy. Then that's they, – they're literally saying that that's bullshit. They sold you out. And that's, They totally sold me out. Yeah, they totally yeah. – and, and that is your own family, Tom. That's my own family. That was my sister I was so close to. So it's like, yeah, this is, and um, yeah, yeah. That is your life. That is the life that you should be accredited to for the mind that God gave you. The, I, again, I, that is your art, bro. That is your mind. You your know, work. also, there's this talk now saying that it was a documentary. It wasn't a documentary, but they're getting close. They're starting to get worried now. I'm told that basically Hollywood's in a panic now over this because um, I was, as I said, whispering through art. I was revealing plans that were going to come through when I was being groomed by Pat Robertson and other groups. And so I was whispering through art. That's why The Matrix is so unique. You know, you have to have a sort of experience. Chalskis didn't have that experience. They didn't mm -hmm. have this going on in their lives where, you know, they just, they said plastic man and carnivore was their creation. They're still peddling it. And that's that wow. their Bible. They said was, you know, how to make a million in Hollywood by making B movies, how to, you know, make a million in Hollywood without spending a dime making B right. movies, low budget films. My, my screenplay here is not low budget. This costs a fortune to make, right. but I was trying to whisper through art and write something that would really lift the ceiling on what's possible, bring people together by leaving a lot of backstory out where people go, you know, insert their own lives in it, and it becomes their story. It was intended to be everybody's story, not the Wachowskis. And then when you, you get together and say, what do you think it means? What do you think it means? And you immerse audiences that way. Right. Now, the Wachowskis say it's supposed to immerse audiences, but they don't explain it. They never explain what it means or how. They just kept take, keep, keep taking my words and um, repeating them, but they don't have the mind to explain it. If you ever watch the interview on that's on YouTube about, you know, the Wachowskis talking about Bound, you see how they talk. And... It's like that's why they have to read off of scripts all the time at public appearances, and they didn't want to do public appearances because they were embarrassed to talk about what it meant because they didn't know. Like the guy that called me from the story department. Oh well, they're so, free. You know, I love. I would. You know what? I will. I will let anybody have the floor. Honest to God, oh, I'd I, love have, to, I would love I, to. I would love <laughs> to compare notes. I would love to talk about what these things mean in these scenes. Like any fan could bring up any scene. I would like to talk about where it comes from. Where did the Jackson right. come from? Where does Squiddies? Where does where's the little girl pointing the sun? Where, why is there identical figures? How do you balance the equation? Why how do you why does the architect need to deal with uh, people's free will? What, does he have that solved or is he trying to figure it out as the movie's going? In mine, right. he has it solved from the very beginning. He knows exactly what to do and how to employ free will of humanity to his advantage. Tom, let, let's talk first. You know what? You're not again. You're not the only one. These guys here that's that follows the Matrix, that the the audience here, again, bro, they're they're wide awake when it comes to this stuff. Mm -hmm. They see the illusion through the Matrix because, by God, that's what we're in. We are in a, a we are in a Matrix. Okay, no one mm -hmm. can tell me otherwise. Science science itself is proving that reality is a construct created by the conscious mind. 
Now, well, you're you're on the mark, and as where's consciousness, right? If if people give me the green light and say, okay, yeah, he's the writer, we see the proofs, we see all that. I, I someday I'd love to talk about where I think we all come from and what the matrix that I envision is and what I believe our reality really is. If anybody would care to hear from the writer what I believe we're from, I'd be happy to talk about it at some point. Let's tell you what, you, you, like I said, we're awake, we see it, and your youngest, your youngest put together, I, I want to go to Red Pill Rising real quick, okay? Right. Yeah. I want to go to Red Pill Rising real quick and show these guys what I'm, I'm looking at here, and it should be. Yeah. Um, let me get over here to share the screen, and the way I can share the entire screen with everybody. All right, so yeah, I'm really you're, uh, this is something to be proud of. It really is. How how old is he, Tom? That He's 14 now. 14 now, high honors, and asked to take all honor classes. He's uh, starting in soccer. He's just this amazing kid that even – I took him to see social workers to see if he needed any help after all the things that happened to us. 302s having his dad yanked away in the middle of the night, not knowing what's going on by SWAT right. teams. And right. They're saying these social workers are saying we're not going to touch him. He's so well adjusted. We're not going to try. He's so well adjusted. So I'm just so proud of Aiden. And they're trying to say now he never existed. Now the talk and, uh, FBI connections are saying he never existed. And the, and the talk is like erase him. My two other sons were cremated. What they do is they try to erase you. When you see that graphic in the Matrix, which mm -hmm. July 22nd at the top, well, my birthday was changed July 22nd. All my uh, personal records were struck. That's why they put July 22nd on top of the first graphic we'll see on, on that page that was inserted in the interrogation scene. And then in 2003, my records were uh, resurrected and uh, July 2nd became the, that's why it's on the clock, July 2nd, that the Matrix, uh, Wachowski's put in Animatrix. But go ahead, um, yeah, Aiden is amazing. I, I want to share Aiden's. Um, I would love that. You, I want to share his video. Um, I, again, buddy, I'm not going to mute you. I'm just going to, it's nice and quiet where you're at, so. You just hang tight. I would love to share his video with the audience, okay? Can I do that? Yeah, I think he really uh, captured the feeling beyond anything I could do. I could spend days talking. He just captured it in, what, two minutes? Uh, yeah, what the real feeling is. Yeah, let, let me do this for you, both you and Aiden. So shout out to Aiden. Thank you for helping your father, man. This is this is something This is something really amazing. Okay, Tom, I'm playing the video. Shh, just don't talk.
Tom, you have no idea how honored I am to talk to you, bro. I'm, I'm really thrilled we're doing this. It just seems like the right time after all this time. All right, Tom, it's over with, buddy. You know what? Again, that was an awesome, awesome little clip that he threw together. Yeah, he did it all himself without any help. He surprised us with it and came out with it. He's like, showed his grandma and myself, and he's like, I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. Right. Really Tom, you know what? I, I'm, I'm looking at you, and I can tell you that all you – know, seriously, looking at you, you are – a, a healthy man you you i i've seen your family and you've got a beautiful family i have no idea how in the hell you are not a broken literally a broken man because there's oh dude i would have probably the the shit you've gone through dude that is enough to break break somebody that's really really strong well that's that's what their plan is they tried to break you into despair and that way they can either mold you as putty, own you, reform you, and they do offers to do that. Or it's supposed to, they can put you away as a 302 or something like, that's crazy. There's something really interesting that I want to share with you that Steven Spielberg did. Um, what he did was he created Minority Report, right? And Steven Spielberg is connected directly to the second Steven Spielberg. And what happened was he, I think we all know he did Minority Report around 2002, I think it was. What's really interesting is when you go to the graphic of um, the inserted material in the first graphic of the matrix, it says John A, no, Tom A. Anderson, right? And then you see Neo's dad is John Anderson. Now, what the person from the um, story department, the guy who told me this, and said he'll appear again when we were successful. He'll come back and reveal himself. He wanted to be anonymous at the time. I would never have seen that first graphic. It was in the first split second, upside down. I would never have known what was there. But John Anderson, uh, John is my dad's name, and Anderson is our Scottish clan name. And so Thomas A. Anderson for Neo, why do you have a character with two names? Why do you have Neo and Thomas A. Anderson? How many times does he say Thomas A. Anderson in the film? Probably none, not at all. Mr. Anderson, but not Thomas A. Anderson. So you got two right, names for the yeah. same character. That's part of the joke, right? That's part of the joke. Not many films have that, right? It's a waste of time. But the thing is that, so Thomas A. Anderson, Thomas A., Thomas Althaus, Anderson's Scottish clan name. Now, if you look at John Anderson as my dad, as listed as Neo's dad, John Anderson, a Steven Spielberg takes it farther. In Minority Report, what he's doing is he's saying what we're just talking about. In Minority Report, the main character played by Tom Cruise is who? Whom? 
Captain John Anderton. So instead of Anderson, he changes to Anderton. 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 Yes, right. And Captain John Anderton, my dad is a captain in the Navy. So Captain John Anderton. And what is the name of the child? Sean. What is the name of my child that was murdered? Right here. Sean. On the eyes of March, they always pick holidays. Oh, my God, so dude. What happens is, now I'm not kidding you. So what Steven Spielberg's film, Minority Report, I think this might give fans chills. That's about pre-crime. It's about pre-crime. What's a 302? Pre-crime. You're going to commit murder. What is Captain John Anderton, Tom Cruise's character, accused of? He's going to be too pre-crime. He's going to kill because his son was murdered. He's obsessed about the death of his son. What are they doing for Tom Althaus? They're setting up that Tom is going to commit murder. Even if he doesn't, Steven Spielberg's saying it's a pre-crime. So you can haul him off for a suspected murder, mass murderer, 302. So Spielberg put it there as a time capsule to be released later. After he personally was involved in my life, Steven Spielberg's best friend, Peter, came to the group of women that I was with when I was first pitching the screenplay to Bonaventure in 93. Otika Ball, Kirsten Leslie, both uh, beauty queens and uh, opera singers and performers. And so they were my little entourage at the time that were there at the pitch session. So Spielberg decides to break it up since my script is going to what Disney in 93, also being pitched to Bonaventura in 93. What happens is you've got um, Spielberg sending his best friend Peter to Kirsten, one of my group, right? That's keeping me alive, basically. Right. And saying, if you have sex with me, and this is exactly what he talked about, the sex rings in Hollywood, casting couches and such. Now we know the actresses are bringing this forward. If you have sex with Peter, then you'll have dinner with Spielberg and you'll be a lead in Sweet Charity in Hollywood. She bit, she went for it. Out in my screenplay, right to Spielberg. The next thing he does is Peter's on the phone saying, don't you ever effing come to Hollywood, Tom. You're a dead man if you come out here. That's on tape. That's great for the documentary. Yes, indeed. And so what happens Holy is you have, shit, Tom. I am not kidding you. I do not kid you. And so then what happens? Spielberg has my script. He does minority report. He predicts the death of my son pre-crime. And that's a justification for calling me crazy and hauling me off for the 302. But like you said, I didn't. So I just want people to simmer on that and realize Spielberg was very much involved. That's after, actually, correct myself, Disney actually had it in 89. In terms of it, in 89 through 92, he was getting it. Disney was getting it. Eisner. And Mike Lang of Disney is the one that actually sets up the whole theft process. Disney is the father of intellectual property ripoff, the uh, Michael Eisner. He put Mike Lang in place and Harvey Weinstein. They filmed, they formed film tracks. Insiders of Hollywood will know this. That film tracks was formed with a Disney, quote, Disney library. That's in a New Jersey warehouse, hard copy scripts in the early 90s, mine included, in a New Jersey warehouse. And the strategy, Mike Lang was put forward basically as an executive in charge of strategy for acquisition of intellectual property. So the film tracks then inherits it, this Disney library, which is basically just Disney on a paper trail handing themselves a library, keeping it in-house, where they're going to come up with strategy. The strategy comes down to this. You eliminate the authors, or if they die naturally, you absorb it through controlled court process. And there will be no more claimants because you handle their family. Buy them off. So right now that slot stands at the copyright office. My sister's in place to announce that I am suicidal, which I'm not. When I die, she gets more airtime. In fact, she called me after the death of Sean, my son. When Sean died in the eyes of March, my sister had cut me off, which is per 
per the strategy, per the playbook. You know, it's supposed to make you sweat and feel sad that you lost your pillars in your life. Mm -hmm. That was a blow. But for two years, she never contacted me, even on birthdays. So she calls me on the death of Sean, this very date. Right. And I thought she's going to offer condolences, but I think people understand what's going on here when they hear this. Instead, she goes with a guy whispering in the background. And I did tape her call, this one too, later on here, where she's saying, Tom, you have to say you're angry. What? Say it back to her that I'm angry? No, I just lost my son. Julie, I thought you were calling to offer condolences. No, you have to say you're angry, bipolar, and suicidal. I'm like, I'm not, Julie. And you hear this guy in the background going, angry, bipolar, suicidal. And I'm like, Julie, who's the guys in the background? Oh, it's just students, elementary school kids. That's not a man. And then she repeats it. You have to say it back to me, Tom. You're angry, bipolar, and suicidal. Now, you can figure out now why that's being done. Right? They're trying to set that's your ass up, which is right. <clears throat> that's right. They can haul me off or they can have me die in these, you know, we know there's false suicides, murders are going on. Happened to the family of Gray State. We know this, right? Now they're turning on their own. But if I had said that, I didn't, fortunately. But that didn't stop her. Even though right. I didn't say it to her, she got off the phone and she started calling family saying I called her all the time saying I was suicidal. I'm not. Love life. What? Love life. Yes. Tom, yes. You know what? You don't look like, I'm telling you, again, you look like a, a healthy young man. you got a beautiful family. I know we know you've been through a lot of shit, but mm -hmm. I don't I, I don't see you as a broken man. I see you as a man right now that's determined to to make make your life and things right. That's what I, you and I've talked off screen. This, this, this is not just the only, you're not the only one that this has happened to. And you, no, you're no, still, no. yeah. I, and yeah, I've got I, 14 I, more screenplays. I got 14 more screenplays here and written down. And that's what kept us alive is they want those screenplays. I also have tapes from contacts from Hollywood saying, we want those screenplays. We want to see them. I said, no. I said, if anything happens to my son, my last loved one, because they said too, I have it on tape also where they said that um, we know you're concerned for your last son's safety. It's like, oh my God, you know, that's what and they said. That the who the hell wouldn't be, Tom? Yeah, me, yeah but that's supposed that, to be who the hell wouldn't be, duh. Yeah, but that's supposed to make you shut up, see, and not talk about this stuff. But I asked Aiden and Aiden, like the video, you know, Aiden made, he said yeah. to me, dad, if anything happens, you keep going, you keep going, you do not stop, you tell it. And in fact, Sean, like I said, Sean here, there was a yeah. call between Sean and Aiden that happened just before Sean was killed, murdered. And what happened was they talked about making the film, be careful dad on the highways, um, we're gonna make this film. And Sean and Aiden had this beautiful talk. Last time I heard Sean's, or Sean's voice and with Aiden saying they're proud of their daddy. And what's interesting is I had been run down by a car by Trudeau's administration in Canada. And so that's why we were on the phone talking to each other and saying, be safe dad, be safe. And the next thing, Sean's killed in his SUV. A mild-mannered, driving safely, just saying, be careful, Daddy's killed. In the eyes of March, of course. Right. You know, see death, uh, to make it more their thing. But here's the answer. You know, why didn't it make me crumble? Why didn't I cave in? You know, why their strategy fail? Because they think it's all about the laws of nature, that, you know, you prey upon the weak, and you only be successful if you prey upon the weak. They're food for you, they say. Quote, food. That's mm. not what I believe. They don't believe in compassion. Another tape also has them saying, you've won the chess game, Tom. And I'm like, what do you mean won the chess game? It's all about power. They, these guys are all about power. I said, all about power? Yeah, what about people doing writing as a service, as something that has compassion and service? No, they don't understand that. It's all about power. 
And so they're saying I won the chess game because I was doing interviews, just like Aiden said to do. But that's the key to why you survive. If you approach life as a service mentality, compassion-oriented, right? And that leads to great work. If you don't have anything cluttering your mind that's negative, you can do great work in layered thinking, I call it. And that's why this script was done. I could do this because I wasn't looking for a trophy wife or riches right. or fame. Right, right. I was of looking course. to write something that lifts audiences. What? I said, yeah. right. I mean, yeah. Right. Tom, you know what? So, you were talking about mockery, bro. They were mocking your life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, let, let's talk uh, right. and screenplay mocking. Let, I've got up here marked, and, and, and I showed you that I showed you. Let's. I'm exclusively going to mark this slide within within the show. Tom's clock. Remember that? Right. I showed you. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go to Tom's clock here real quick. Pull this up for everybody, and you tell every you give give us a rundown of the clock that I'm looking at. Absolutely. Well, when you fill a screen in a film with a graphic that's static like this, there needs to be a reason for it, right? We talked about the lifted images and everything like that. So mm -hmm. basically what the Wachowskis do is they're filling the screen with mocking the author. And that's what the contact from uh, the story department told me <laughs> they were doing because they didn't understand the work. So they want to be more clever than the author. So this clock face right here is very important because usually before uh, this clock face is up, um, you'll see the clock at 10 after 10, the smiling hands on the clock. They do it at stores. You'll see 10 after 10. You'll see it in films, 10 after 10, Dexter, anything. It's 10 after 10 usually, pre-animatrix. So in 2003, you see this clock fill the screen. And what's interesting about this clock is you look at the black hands and what positions are they at? You see a, a hand on the seven, you see a hand on the two, and you see a hand one before the 60 mark, right? My mm -hmm. birthday is seven, two, 59. The black hands have my exact birthday, July 2nd, 59. It's perfect. So why was that done when it's, it's always in house? You're supposed to, you know, make it 10 for 10. That's the agreed thing in the industry. And I think insiders would know this. Players inside or people inside the industry would know that 10 for 10 was the standard, just like 555 for phone numbers. So you don't violate any copyright or get claimed you're taking someone's birthday. So why would you put the author's birthday exactly on the clock? 7259. And then look at the red hand. The red hand is four points past the four. Not on the four, but four points past the four. Why? Because in 2003, when Animatrix was shot, along with the second and third installments of the trilogy, I was 44. Also, a red hand on the four means assassination. Joan Rivers was killed on floor four or something, 40-something. So they, that's how I knew. I was told that a red hand on a four means assassination. You're going to be killed. So the Wachowskis are saying we have a death wish for Tom Althouse. Just like Spielberg put it in there, Tom Althouse is going to be hauled off with a 302. We can justify it because his son, Sean, is going to be killed. Yeah, yeah this is some twisted matrix shit right here bro I, i'm because, serious yeah the work was much yeah yeah this is nuts mm -hmm. well you go to the first graphic you get more of this story man okay so interrogation scene yeah so yeah are you able to if i take these guys if i take everybody right if i take everybody to red pill rising are you a huh yeah, redpillrising.org. If I take them there in a screen, you know, an actual show them the screen, can you walk can us walk through these images? Absolutely. I'd love to. Can okay, I tell you, then, though, first, um, how you survive? I want to tell people, in case they're going through anything akin to this, how you make it, how you survive, why I'm not broken. I'm supposed to be broken, but I'm not. And the reason is 
because if you approach life out of a compassion standpoint, which Hollywood, I'm told, doesn't understand this at all, they're learning the power of compassion. If you actually work writing as a service to lift your audience and you're actually thinking what they're going to feel and you're giving them something that's going to uh, uh, gift to them, right? Your work is a layered gift to them. And you approach life that way. You want to be a service person in life, lift people, encourage people, compassion, right? Then what happens in your mentality is that even if you lose your sons, which is hellish, horrible, it does affect you. Mm -hmm. The thing is, you never stop because if you crumble or cave, you will never be able to serve again. You'll never be able to lift people again, including your loved ones. So you will never crumble. So basically, it's the opposite of what Warner Brothers and Hollywood is trying to say, you know, that um, people like in Walking Dead, Rick Rhymes, right? He looks like mm -hmm. he's always failing, that he's too compassionate. We're going like, no, Rick, don't, don't, for those that are familiar with Walking Dead, don't do that to your son. Don't, don't give him a chance. Kill him. The thing is, if yeah. you really are compassionate, then nothing can ever stop you. Because if you, if you crumble, you can't give anymore. And your whole sure. core is about giving. So you'll never crumble. I'll never stop being my dad, uh, my, the dad to my son, Aiden. He knows mm. that because I'm always going to be giving to him and be around to give to him and give to others. That's how you beat the system. And they didn't understand that. Instead, instead of crumbling into a ball, I'm dedicating my life to my living son and to the two sons that were murdered, that I was told was murdered by contacts. I'm lifting their memory and I'm never going to stop. And I'm going to try to make it that other parents and other families never lose theirs. If I can make a difference, I will. So I'm never going to stop. They cannot stop me. No matter what they take, I won't crumble. Well, Tom, like I said, man, you are not. I, I, I'm looking at you, and you are to me a, a strong, resilient young man. And I, I tell you, you are, to me, you are you are not a broken artist. You are an up and coming. I'm going to rise from this ashes like the damn phoenix, man. I've had enough, and I'm I'm taking it, and I'm going to expose what I can expose. You know what? Let, let's go over this. Let's go over Let's the go. screen okay. quick. Right. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so I'm going down in into this slideshow on on the. Okay. Um, it's and it's an automatic thing. So okay. who, can you freeze it, it somewhere? I, I can. I got right now. This is okay. Uh, hard evidence. Click the arrows on the slide images to change the slide. I'm looking right now at uh, cut. The slide that says cut to a grim faced man, Steve, Steve's POV. Um, mm -hmm. This has got Mandel, Jim, Mandel, Jim, Mandel. That's Again, the robot like agents that I think you're on the robot like agents cutaway. Now, there's is it the composite graphic or just a st static screenshot of this? No, this is well, this is a screenshot of the script. Now, the Let's next go to the composites, if, if you can start with the um. Oh, that first graphic that was in the matrix, the interrogation scene graphic. You go to that first because we just did the clock. You know where okay. that is? I don't. I, the, the, that, well, that hang on. Yes, I do. I got it. I got it. Tone one. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. that up? Yep. This where it's where uh, the it's uh shit. What the name is the agent? A, that's it. Agent Smith. This is where Agent Smith is interrogating Neo. Yes. Right. Right. And there's a graphic showing. Yes. Okay. Good. This is very very important. Okay, so basically this this is what we're told is the first graphic in the matrix that was that was created, the first graphic. And the scene, if, if people recall the interrogation scene, look at it from this from these eyes. What you'll see is when you watch it, 
there's for filmmakers there's no real ambience it's not filmed with the ambience you always shoot the room ambience and add it to the shot they didn't they just hear this you hear almost like camera rolling going they didn't even add the ambience they just shot it and you'll see neo or keanu reeves looking like he doesn't know what to do so he just looks around because he doesn't know what to do there's no direction to the actors this scene is strictly shot this one part to reveal this joke the first graphic and the first scene shot for the matrix so that's where the matrix or the uh wachowski's minds were and that's what the caller from the story department called to tell me that they they mock the work this is why this this shot's in there now let's take a look at the shot and so on there you'll see, right yeah see that at the top okay july 22nd is what my birthday was listed when my um credentials were being erased all my stats were erased online i was being erased they do that to people and now um, i want to basically this in july 20. i want to flip this image have you you you've got to flip it, flip, right? great. Flip it but i mean flip it. hang hang this, I've this gotta, how it is on the screen yeah let me go directly to my full 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 screen here and i'm gonna take these guys know i work with graphics a lot so i'm gonna take this image and I want I want to make a new image here. Hang on, just bear with me, guys. Right. And we're gonna flip this. I can image tell you so why you're doing see. it. While you're doing it, the reason that it's upside down, and you if you look at the corner, it looks like the page is turning. It's in caught in mid-flight. That's okay. because that's how fast it turns. When you see it in the film, it's a split second upside down. Susanna Bolgen, the graphic designer for Matrix, actually did an article, I think it was in New Zealand, where okay. she says that um, anything for a split second is for the Wachowski's eyes only. And everything has an uh, importance and a reason that Wachowski say. Every cell was through the brothers equally. That's what they claimed. And what's interesting is um, this shot is in for a split second. It's the first one done. So this is the most important one for the Wachowskis. First one entered with a lot of jokes going on in it. Basically, this whole page is a joke. So if you look at yeah. July 22nd, let me know when you're righted, and I'll let you know. Okay. I mean, I've got it right side up. I mean, I'm, I'm literally okay. watching and look at, we're looking at it now. It's got database okay, so records, security clearance. It's right. July, mm -hmm. July 22nd, okay, 1998. Start, start yes. there. July 22nd. Start there. So July 22nd. Why is that important? Because that's what records in 96 said my birthday was. They are corrected in 2003. So in two, when, it's, when the film shot in 1999, my records would show my birthday is July 22nd. Then what happens is in, in 2003, they correct it to July 2nd. That's why that clock is so important then. They knew that. They did research. So they correct the birthday to exactly July 2nd, 1959, exact age. Now, what's interesting is we talked about the age on the clock, right, in the red, 4 past the 4, 44 in 2003. Mm -hmm. Look at the column in bold letters and numbers. Look at the column in that this graphic. TA4099. Do you see that? I TA4099 in bold letters and numbers on the column. Oh, Sorry. yeah, yeah, I see, you're right. I see uh, TA3809940, yes. Okay, so TA4099380, here you go. TA was 40 in 99. Your, this, TA what? was 40 in 99. That's why it's there. They want to be clever. They don't understand the word. <laughs> the guy who called me said, so you've got the clock with my exact age and birthday, July 2nd, 1959, 59, mm -hmm. on four past the four on the red. Black hand's exact birthday, red hand for the um, age, 44, in 2003. Then oh, in this graphic in 1999, you have in the column TA4099, my age. 
and then you've got my birthday, July 22nd, as it was in records at the time. That's why in Animatrix they had to correct it in 2003 to the exact birthday. They wanted to be clever. They couldn't leave the mistake there. Isn't that crazy? So they actually correct my birthday. Damn. After this entry in 99. That's why it's so telling. If we actually had a fair day in court, we'll win, hands down. But let's no. go down further. The name. Okay, go ahead. keep going. Yeah, go ahead. Well, look at the name of the, you know, Neo, of course. Neo is what? Thomas A. Anderson. Their attorneys actually pointed out to me, Thomas A. is Thomas Aldhouse. Thomas A. Anderson, my Scottish clan name. That was how they were clever. Now, the only thing they've got going for them is that some of these people will go, uh, why would they research you? Well, they took my work. Of course they're going to research me because they don't understand the work, and so they want to be more clever than the writer. Well, why would they stick it in there? Why, why would they do that? Because they were upset mm -hmm. with Warner Brothers is one of the reasons. They wanted out of Warner Brothers because they brought another writer in to finish Assassins in 95. And they, the only way they could appease them was Joel Silver gave him the science project, my work, to appease them, which he alone entered in 94 into the database of the story department. Not with Wachowskis. They didn't write it. He entered it alone after I pitched it in 93. So in 94, Joel Silver's enters it alone. Why not the Wachowskis? Claim he bought it with his own spec money. And then what happens is the Wachowskis finally become the candidates. That's why the Matrix title finally goes in 96. That's the first time you see it. And then what happens is you've got these graphics going in, trying to be more clever than the author because they're mocking the work on set. Now, so Thomas A. Anderson, Thomas A. and then Anderson, Scottish Clanning. Go down a little further. John okay. Anderson. Now, we just talked about what Spielberg did with that, right? So John Anderson wasn't good enough for Spielberg. He changed it to Captain John Anderton. He changed my dad's rank and name. And instead of the Scottish clan name, he wanted to make it more about Tom, so it's Anderton. Just insane. But in this one, again, my dad's name and our Scottish clan name, which is close enough to our actual name. Then what you have, go down. Yeah. I'm further. looking at... It's kind of blurry, and it's not even my screen because I've got a really good graphics card. So it's not my screen. I, it's just whenever I twist it, I turn it, it it's distorted some. So just kind of mm. bear with me. I'm, I'm, That's okay. Okay. We're still with you, though. That's all right. So when you go down a little further, Michelle McGee is Neo's mom. Do you see that? Michelle McGee is Neo's mom. On the page here? On yeah, the, on the database page, on, the graphic, on the graphic. Michelle McGahey. Neo's yes. mom. Yes. Okay. Who's Michelle McGahey? She's the art director of Matrix. That helps complete the joke by putting my stuff in with her. Owen Patterson School. Do you see that? Owen Patterson High School. It's um, It's going to be a little blurry. Again, bro, it's really, really blurred out, man. Okay. Well, I've, I've got a composite we'll look at later here, but... Owen Patterson is the production manager. He listed as a school. Central yeah. West Junior High. Well, they're supposed to tweak it. So what they have is my, my high school was Central West High. So they make it Central West Junior High. Central West High. They put my school in. My actual high school is in there. So my high school, my dad's name, my birthday, and my name. And in the column, TA4099. What's 380? Why is 380 there? Everything has a meaning. They say so. You're right. 380 in numerology. The Wachowskis say they're really into numerology, right? Who knows? But the thing is that what does 380 mean? 380 basically means if I – I'm going to paraphrase. I hope I get it pretty good. Yeah. Uh, to give up your earthly possessions to prepare for your death, your most cherished possessions, give them up. So what the Wachowskis are basically saying, I'm told, is they're saying, okay, Tom, we're going to help you prepare for your death. 
by going ahead and taking your most cherished possessions. Which would and, be the uh, two boys. And the script, the screenplay, which is supposed to bring my family together, reunite my family. Right. The reason there's a little girl at the end pointing at the sun is not supposed to be hugging the Oracle. She's supposed to be hugging Neo, a daughter reunited. They took a relationship out. And uh, that's why there's a final line. That, that's why there's no real – that's why it's the most dissatisfying ending. It's voted one of the worst 11 sequels of all time, the ending, because if you put it back to what it was supposed to be instead of Chop Shop, the little girl at the train station reminds Neo of the daughter he lost. And then at the end, he's reunited with her, no burn scars, hugging Neo after the identical figures in the crater, the pulse wave comes out, renews her to life. She comes up a child again, hugs him, and points the sun as a final line. And that line is when the audience goes, oh, now I get it. They took that out. They didn't care. They didn't care. That's why people can't figure it out unless you put it back the original way, which is, you know, the original original screenplay. It's, it'll never right. make sense. You're I looking at you. lifted images. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. It's all lifted images. See how they stretch right. the train, train system apart? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, go, go. let's go to the next slide, Tom. All right. Um, I'm That's looking a at a clearer image of the same. Oh yeah, it, it is. It's the next slide to the, my left is it, I, now we see it. Database record, security clearance. It's a lot it's more clear. Hell, I should have. <laughs> I should have yeah, just went there to begin with. Yeah. See Central West High, Central West Junior High. How was my high yeah. school? How many people out there? How many people went to a Central West high school? How many went to it? Right. Right. Very probably very few. I guess I don't know. That how yeah. How many see? Yeah, how many people see their high school, their dad's name, their name, and their birthday on this sheet? How many people see on the Animatrix clock face their birthday and their age? Just you. What are the mathematical? Yeah, what are the mathematical probabilities of it occurring? And to answer the question of why would they do it? Because I would never know. I'm supposed to be dead. Spielberg laid it out. I'm supposed to be dead in 302. John's supposed to die, and Captain John Anderton, or his son, is supposed to be 302 as pre-crime. For murder. So they primarily was gonna wipe you and your family off off out of existence. Buy off the family members they want to buy off. You gotta understand my one brother's with Disney and Spielberg. My one brother's married into the Spielberg family. I kid you not. And here's how it works. Diane Groves is my brother's wife. Now he cut me off from Go. He mm -hmm. is friends with Warner Brothers senior writers on his Facebook. He is definitely into pedophilia. From the pictures that was on his site, it's obvious. He takes these youth trips and it's like he has pictures of little preteens in uh, bathing bikinis underwater. He's not no. well. And he's not well, but he's also his only he, he said to my dad, I need money because the only architecture jobs I get is the Sheraton in Disney World. So Disney throws him a bone. So Disney gives him a bone, gives him work, pity jobs at Disney World. Uh, Spielberg. Diane Groves' cousin is Ben Burt. Ben Burt, for people in the industry will know, that Ben Burt is Spielberg's number one guy. When you watch a Spielberg film, Ben Burt shows up as, as top credits. Right. Double credits sometimes. So he's married into the family, basically Spielberg's team. And then you've got um, – so that's Disney, Spielberg, and Warner Brothers all connected to my brother. And he – basically he was involved in murder attempts on me. And it's usually on the highway, things like that. They'll, they'll set you up. Where he gave me this, my mom knows this too. He gave me this hug goodbye. He never hugged me. He always hated me. He gave me this tight hug, like he was saying goodbye. I'm like, after chewing me out in front of my dad. And I went on the road to do my show in New York and I got run down. 
damn it. Yeah. <clears throat> he was, and he kept saying, when are you leaving? What route are you going? When are you leaving? When are you going? Never talks to me. So why is he asking my route and where I'm going? And when am I leaving? And then I get run down on the highway across the Jersey bridge. <sighs> wow. All right. There's the clock. I scrolled over and yeah, there's the clock face. Um, if you can yeah. go to go to some of the composites like you had one up earlier go to a composite of the actual script with some of the imagery of the matrix showing and you'll see where the field of pods comes from and the um, uh, jacks of the neck are where they are and the room of monitors and things like that the train station scene liquid mirrors um, robot like agents I, all these things okay. you see it. I, I'm scrolling back Tom <clears throat> I'm scrolling back right and it's got field oh, I had to say, you got you got this actually labeled don't you yeah, okay. If I scroll, scroll yeah. back, I'm looking, trying to see. Okay, that was the security saw. There's another column below. There's another column that's running below it. I hope it can freeze. Then maybe the composites. I was asking Angela to move it up, but maybe it didn't get moved up yet. But the composites are pretty cool. I sent you stills of those too, but okay. yeah. It's kind of cool to see the original screenplay. And it, it gives you the idea of how they lifted the images off the original work. It's, it's really telling. In fact, the one has the... Uh, guy, the driver, you know, with a headset on, listening mm -hmm. to loud music, and the green scrolling blips in front of him that he's reading to navigate, and he sees that as, you know, navigation, and um, in in the ship, it's it's like, wow, there it is, right there, the whole thing, you know, it's 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 wild, but that's also shown with other other lifted images. So basically, we got 190 we know of that are lifted from a 128 page script. So some of them are two a page. Like the train station scene, like with mirrors. Yeah. Damn it. Now, but I'd love to answer questions at some point, too, about where these images come from. It's like Shakespeare in Love. Where do these images come from? The Wachowskis can't tell you, but I can. I can tell you where they come from and why they're there and what the meaning is behind them. But go ahead. I, I'm trying to get to the images. I've got matchups here. Is it is it um, composites that show you scripts, pages, and then pictures? Yes, it? it is. Yes. That's yes. what you want. That's what you That's want. That's where we're at. Okay. So now I'm okay. This is the very end scene here. This is what we're talking about, where they're in the subway, and now well, hell, it just scrolled on me. Okay, yeah, where you know she, little girls in the subway, mothers there, uh, Oracle's there, Neo's there. <clears throat> How a uh, haggard woman take my take my little girl right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So wh where so am I going shows, from here? Well, this shows you what the train station scene was supposed to be. It's supposed to be a crowded scene, but what the Wachowskis were doing to get the work given to them to keep to use it in house and get credit for mm -hmm. it is they said they would get it under budget. So the crowded train station scene you see this over and over becomes a static shot of one Indian family. It's supposed to be a crowd, as it's written right there. The original work they had on set is a crowded scene, but they couldn't have that. And not just those four. Though, I mean, no, yeah. It doesn't make any those sense. Four. It doesn't. It doesn't propel the story. Any writer would know the stakes are higher if you got a crowd pushing forward and the woman's desperate. You know where they put this scene in? Where they actually stripped it and used it finally? Will Smith in Legend. They finally used it in Legend. So the, all these studios had takes on my work. So in Legend, you have the lady screaming, take my child in a crowd. They finally used it, but it was bad acting. I'm sorry, but it was badly done. Not the way it was supposed to be done. Oh, but that's wow. what they did. They finally lifted it there. They lifted it there. Again, Warner Brothers. So now, <clears throat> Tom, I scrolled next to the next slide to the right. I see a lot, Elon Musk there. I see you. Uh, yes. If I, 
if I'm not mistaken, that is Mr. Uh, uh, I what the hell is that feller's name? The Bain? The one with Weinstein? Bain? Weinstein? Harvey Weinstein? Weinstein? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, what's, that what's, with, is that the one with the uh, Bane character showing? Tell you what, let me go to the. I don't think I'll lose you if I go to my own set, do I? Well, I don't know if I share if I share my screen, which I I do believe okay. I can do. If you can, me, that'd be great. I'll. I'll all right, let me let me try to let me try to share my screen with you. Perfect. Oh God, yes, good. Okay, that's right. great. So okay, I'm going to share my screen, right? And yeah, we're looking. This go. is this is where. Hang on, right there. There's where I was at. Perfect. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Okay. You see the box up on the right that says Jack's the back of the neck. Jack's the back of the right. neck with a picture of the yeah, back right, of the neck right. matrix. Right I there, it shows it. you right there. So it says, uh, Jim Reese responds program and stands alone. Um, uh, where is it there? It shows that he's putting the um, Jack into his neck on there. Uh, future home. Uh, uh, where is it at? Where is the thing? Jilly Reese readable program. Yes, Jim, large windows and magic words of Jack the neck. Oh, sorry. Oh, Jim touches neck. Okay. Uh, scroll in some more here, buddy. I can only go. So no, no, so pull far. it out, pull it out a bit, pull it out a bit again. Let me check my screenplay here. What page is that? That's right after 64. Okay, so here we go. Jack's <clears throat> back of the neck. Good. Okay, so Jack's back of the neck. It says that um, Jim smiles and touches his neck, and program end. Um, where is the actual neck thing on that one? Uh, Mendel. Duh, 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 duh. I couldn't have blown that, could I? Jim touches his neck and turns it off. As we see Jim's Reese pro uh, probable response program end, that's how you jack in. He's touching the back of his neck. But where's the jack in? Hold on. This is um, guy says jack jacks to the back of the neck all through all through immortals. Yeah, it's all through the immortals. It's all through this okay. piece. You have the jacks to the back of the neck. He, he hooks the oh there it is. Duh. Look to the right. Look to the right. It's right, right. there. To the right, it says one of those gold stars on the far right. Okay, no, go, go the other way. There, right here. there. Jim attaches a cord from his home computer to his enhancer in the back of the neck. You're on it, right there. Yeah. Jim attaches a cord from his home computer to his enhancer in the back of his neck. A second council session appears on the computer screen. Jim shuts his eyes. So he goes into the program, do not through a phone booth, through his computer. But the thing is that he attaches the cord to his back of his neck. It's right there. Okay. See it? Gold star. Mm -hmm. Then you see what he sees. And what's interesting is you got the council. Remember the councils in underground? Here's the council in underground. You have the that, council. Is that what that – I'm going to get big right here. Is yeah, that what that – underground okay. free council. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what that is. So there you go. There's the council. And it's on the council. Yeah. Now go over. Go back again. We'll get some more of this. Just on these pages alone. All these okay. Now think of the Wachowskis holding this in hand. And lifting what they want from it as they make it up as they go along. See? So go back again. Oh, see the to, Surrey thing? Julie's voice. Yeah, I was wondering what the hell that was. His wife, he loses his wife, so he programs his home and his computer and everything to use his wife's voice. That's where Surrey comes from. And so he's so upset about losing his wife because I had the family in there that he loses, right? Mm -hmm. Smith absorbs and reprograms his wife. And raises their memory to be his to get Jim. So that's what's going on here. Is um, you have the idea of Surrey, 
Look at the Elon Musk, Neuralink and all the details. Yeah. The uh, jack to the back of the neck. What happens if you have to download someone else's memories and use them to discover where the dome is in the metacortex building? That's in the screenplay. If you're Damn. living the memories of the man who harmed your family and, and basically killed your wife mm -hmm. and uh, your daughter burned in flames in front of him, you would be feeling what he felt while giving up your own memories to download his. That's a shortcoming for Neuralink. So it's in here. That happens in our screenplay where he has to um, download Smith's memories and thoughts to access where the dome is. That's how he gets to the dome. With Trinity going along to help him, or yeah, we call her Monique. Mm. So See, pull what, back again. What kills me is they've taken the immortals from from what we've gathered. Is they've literally taken the immortal script, the main, con your, your consciousness download as an artist, as a writer, as right. Right. and they have taken not just one movie, but they have taken a conglomeration yes. of, of that script. It. And made a shit it. ton of money out of this yes. one screenplay. The first one of the first ripoffs, you nailed it. One of the first ripoffs of this was um, uh, Mel Gibson with um, uh, Forever Young. In the beginning of The Immortals, Forever Young is the thing they rip off first, which is an insurance film, right? Now, mm -hmm. before we get there, though, did you see the field of pods on there too? The field of pods. I'm trying. I just whenever I do that, it kicks me out. I'll, I'll find that. Okay, but the field of pods was on there too. The field of pods it shows you where they come from. Um, you can just go I'm to the train station scene again. That's fine. I'm trying the to get. One that comes up. There's that. Hang on. I'm trying to get back to. But Forever Young was one of the first ripoffs of the work. One of the first okay, I remember that matchups. Yeah. So and okay, this about, here. You know, yeah. In Forever Young, you got a lady named Helen, and Mel Gibson plays a you know an army person who's brought back from cryogenic, and he hasn't aged, and she has. He goes to see her, and the organizations are after him. Well, that's what happens in uh, our beginning of our screenplay. The beginning of the Matrix was about that, where a test subject they're bringing back the architect's top 100 on test subjects that match him physically. And so what happens is this man goes and sees his wife, Helena. Now this is important right here, what you're at. The this proves that the work was done in 93 because when we pitched the screenplay, we have the music and they wanted to stop us from having this. The actual music was submitted with the screenplay. And before that music was submitted in 93, we have the submitting attorney and everything to 4,000 Warner Brothers Lane, uh, tracking number, receipt, a letter uh, to Diane Bellis, head of the story department, through Bonaventure's friend Elizabeth. We got the script, story treatment, everything in music. And what's so important about this page right here is that it shows um, George Michael. And George Michael read the entire script or saw the script, giving permission to submit his song for the end credits. And that's what's so upsetting. This is the 1998 version. But what's interesting is George Michael had to see the entire script for it to be submitted with his music to Warner Brothers. And that establishes that the submission was 93, a full script. See that? Praying for time. And yeah. <clears throat> that's, why they murdered, that's why they murdered George Michael. That's why they Lock. say his heart gave out, which is code for in films. We all know in films when they say your heart gave out, you're murdered. Your heart doesn't give out, especially George Michael. So praying for time, George Michael was a witness that the work was done in 93. That's why they had to kill him because they're trying to say it wasn't done until 96 when the Wachowskis first put the Matrix on this page. No, it was submitted fully 
in 93, George Michael was a witness because he was given the script to clear it to, for his music to be the end titles music. And this is from it. There, there. It proves so, it. Music, music Praying for Time by George Michael, right? Final credits. Final credits. Yeah. My question to you is this. Okay. My question to you is this. We all know that there is something really, really effing weird in Hollywood. Now, how would and or who wrote Praying for Time by George Michael? Do we? Are you aware of who wrote that? No, I submitted to him to clear it, and then he cleared it for us to submit in 93. So maybe it, it might be by George Michael. Maybe George Michael wrote that. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure. I didn't look that up. Well, he, but, he cleared us. I don't know if he actually did it, but I, I thought it was his song. He sang it. Then so he'd I have to. If we could submit it. Then, yes, he would have had to have written it. I mean, if not, he would have sold the rights to, like, just, let's say, you know, cast records, um, ambient music, whatever. I mean, if George Michael wrote it, then yes, he, he's got the okay to say, yes, you can use my music. Yeah. That would be like copyright okay artist. Yeah. Then, then yeah, that would be my guess is a yes. So, so he was a witness that the work was finished in 93. That's the problem for Warner Brothers and the other studios that like Disney are taking it. It's kill, it, it blows my mind that Hollywood can tune into, tap into... Praying for time by George Michael, and next thing you know, now he's gone, knowing that he wrote wrote the song "Praying for Time," and you just clarified that's why is because that that's why they yeah. they knew on, they knew on he was going to die uh, on a holiday too. Yeah. See, there is there's something really, really, really weird about Hollywood. <laughs> there, there they is. They want to be clever. They want to be clever. And he's a great guy. Yeah. They want to be clever. They want to be gods. I keep look how many look how many, look how many interviews have been struck. They're just erased. So many interviews have been erased now because they do not want our word out there. So that's what's going on. We have to keep putting different ones on because they keep getting erased. Right. But yeah, well, yeah. The other yeah. the other composites are pretty wild. Like the like here's one for you that's really interesting. The Bane. Remember how in the Matrix? I mean. Die Hard fans would know in the Matrix. Like, go to that one right there, right where you are. Look at this I gotta, one with Bane. I got to help you with this website. <laughs> I really do. Okay, oh, right yeah, here. Yeah, look at that. Look at look at the one where you see Bane, the picture of Bane down there in the right corner or right side. Right there. Yeah, you just arrowed it. Um, okay. I'm, so don't, I'm getting don't it blow it up. Hang on. There you go. There I'm you go. There you go. You're good. Now just move it over. Good. Okay. Now look at this. Where in the Matrix fans would know that – Neo looks into um, Bane's eyes and sees that image of Smith. See it? Yeah. image, right? That's what he sees. Yep. Where did that come from? It came from this page. It's from this page. Look what's going on here. So what happens is you have an agent that has been um, retired from the program. That's Neo's best friend, Jim. Neo's best friend, basically. Right. And and Mendel's stepping towards this Bane character, Steve, Bane character. He's looking into his eyes and saying, is Behringer there? The Smith agent. Smith agent is Behringer. Mark screenplay. So he's looking into his eyes saying that. And our Neo, who's Jim, saying Behringer? Mm -hmm. So he's talking through the Bane. He's talking through him as the former agent looks into Bane's eyes for our purposes from the Matrix. He sees Smith. Same thing happens here. Jim is Neo, 
Mendel is the former agent. Berenger is Smith. And Steve is Bane. And so he's looking into his eyes, speaking to the Smith character, who's at the Room of Monitors. The Room of Monitors is not for the architect to have jollies. And just he's, he's supposed to know everything already anyway. So mm -hmm. the Room of Monitors is supposed to show you what every agent is seeing and what their um, metabolic rates are and things like this, what their, what their uh, heart and vitals are. If they show emotion or fear, they're terminated on the spot. That's why the stakes are higher when it's robot-like agents. Go to the other side again. Well, right there it's showing. He seems robot-like as his eyes flick to the left. See that up in the upper left corner on your screen? He seems robot-like. See that? Look, right there. <clears throat> right. So that Bane looks robot-like as his eyes flick left for an instance. And that's what they did. They had the eyes shaking when the agents got orders. That's what we, that's where they got it from, right there. So what, what, what Joel Silver did with the suits is he said – He's, he's actually quoted an article saying, Bob, look, Bob, it's robots in the program. And this executive, Bob, is going, what do you mean robots in the program? It's robots in the program. Joel Silver got it wrong. But after he threw our case, we never saw a day in court. And they provided their own attorneys and threw our case completely. Had all our notes, everything. Then Joel Silver says that Oblivion is being held by Disney for him. He's the only one that gets it. And he makes them robot-like agents. Tom Cruise plays a robot-like agent. And the ripoff he does as soon as our case is thrown oblivion. And the main character's name is Jack, my brother's name, who's connected to Disney. A little Disney held on to it. They name him Jack. Tom Cruise plays Jack. He gets it right, robot like. Yeah, the lady who's working with him is Julia, my sister's name, who sold out to Fitzpatrick, the FBI agent, lifelong FBI agent, who's also a congressman in Pennsylvania. Isn't that something? This is just, this is mind boggling. It's like Tom. they intended us to do the research and the critical thinking. They wanted to be clever. It is mind-boggling. Their strategy is this, Matt. They want it to be so heavy with critical thinking, so heavy with obvious evidence, obvious upon obvious, that people will say it's too convoluted, it's too hard to follow, we're not going to waste time, that it's too hard for courts to handle, that it's too hard that no lawyer would touch it, that it's mm -hmm. too hard that nobody would really look into it. But this is a gold mine. You're seeing stuff all tied together, and what happened was the Matrix became such a success, and now they just rushed Matrix 4 together because they're afraid that we're going to freeze their assets and get them in court. They're really afraid about the court process now where people are right. coming on board and doing critical thinking and supporting us that we may have the funds to actually do the case and make the film. So that's why the Wachowskis – well, actually not the Wachowskis. Larry, Andy's staying out of it. Larry's racing it forward to get the money and the credit before we move forward on him. As soon as we get the finances, we will make the film and move on them. Wow. That's why. That's why after all these years, they did Matrix Four. When that car missed in Canada on me, they were mm -hmm. having merchandise on the shelf for Matrix Four. They pulled it. They pulled it. They stopped making it because I didn't die. <clears throat> the strategy for Disney and Mike Lang is when the author is dead, you move and you just force it through and claim it because the family will be bought and they'll back you. They'll say, "Yeah, it was written. You guys did it. You own it," and they'll be well rewarded for it. Julia, Jack, my cousin Todd. All in this game. All these guys, <clears throat> again, everybody, I want you to do your own due diligence and research what Tom's trying. You know, don't just take his word for it. Research. Research this stuff your own self. I mean, I have. Right here. Yeah. Go ahead. Go back to that slide. Go back to that slide. Which one? Okay, now finish talking and then go back to the slide and I'll show you what I'm talking about. 
Well, it's it's scrolling to the right, so I'm I'm scrolling. Oh, it's still on going. That one. No, next one. That one. Stop if you can. Okay. Keep talking though, and I'll, I'll I don't want to interrupt. I just wanted you to freeze that slide. Well, I just wanted to to tell everybody, you know, they they know the majority of them know that they're going to do their research on this anyway, Good. but the the the. Uh, this is catastrophical to any kind of up and coming screenplay artist. Uh, the, any, anybody that is even thinking about doing work with Hollywood, the story yeah. that you're sharing here, Tom, should literally scare the bejesus out of somebody that, that is a it screenplay should. writer. It should. It should. It really should. Yeah. It should. If, it, if you're worth your salt and you got a good material, it's going to get stolen. So what Why, are we going to Okay, what you're looking at right here. Look at look at the one on the left. Look at the thing on the left. This is from the copyright office. It's right from their catalog, public catalog. Okay. What you see is the assassins, right? The assassins. I see immortal immortals copyright proof. That's that's my that's what I showed you. Now go to the left. I mean go to the right. Okay, we got one. And pull out a little bit. And stop. Set it. Okay, look. Okay. This is the Wachowskis with the title Assassins, Simon Agreement. Paradise Films, Dean Laurentis Corporation. See their pictures? Dean Laurentis Corporation, Paradise Films, with Larry and Andy Wachowski on Assassins, right? Right. right. Now look at the next one over. To the right? To the right. This one here? Same thing. Yeah. Okay, now stop. Pull out just a little bit. Look at the title, The Immortals, freeze it, The Immortals, Dean Laurentiis, Paradise Films, Delantis Productions, and the investment firm, all claiming ownership of The Immortals, no body of work, but look at all the titles, look at all the subtitles, Army of Darkness and 342 other titles. All right. They created a slot at the copyright office because everybody wanted the work. They thought it was revolutionary, Bonaventura said, so everybody wants to take on it, so to settle the fights... If you're going to have a den of thieves taking it and profiting off it, you put it in the ownership of the investment firms, and then you put all of the other titles under it. Anybody, any studio can do their work or steal it and do their take on it. They have a slot at the copyright office. That is Michael Eisner's invention, along well. with Mike Lang and Harvey Weinstein. That's what's going on. Notice the Wachowskis aren't on the Immortals title. Yeah, I'm they looking at that. They, they weren't selected at this time. Just Pat, what is that? Paradigmic. They were film? auditioning. They were auditioning doing Bound. They weren't given uh, rights to seal the work yet. They weren't selected in-house to take it. Remember we said about using in-house people. But mm. they did say they failed as writers and they'd have to pack their bags and leave. There they are on that other one on Assassins. Assassins is the work where they said they had to pack their bags and leave Hollywood. They failed as writers because Dino Laurentiis there also on both these entries, Immortals and uh, Assassins, had to bring another writer in to finish the work. It was so bad that they did. That's so, why Bill Silver stepped in and gave him the Immortals and tried to prove the suits they could direct by doing Bound. They said, we'd have to pack our bags and leave. We failed as writers unless we could direct. And so they gave him Bound as an audition piece, fans will remember, right. and named my, my grandmother the lead, Violet, as the lead character. Now go over. Daniel Rentis could not keep his name on it. It's supposed to be the investment firms. If all the studios have a take on my work, Here's how they end up right here. Look, in 96, July 96, when I'm out in Hollywood, Dean Laurentiis is removed from the copyright title of the Immortals, isn't he? And look, they added some more titles. 
Army of Darkness wow. has 346 other titles, right? So well, that's yeah, Army of Darkness. <laughs> added some more titles. So what's interesting is who now claims ownership? The biggest investment firms basically in the world. But Dino Laurentiis had to take his name off it because all the studios had takes on it. Now we have more studio titles available where they can take the work. What was Mike Lang's strategy? Michael Eisner from Disney? Great slots. The author Create dies. Slots for take, any future endeavor. <laughs> take one of those subtitles and you got a slot at the copyright office held for you on the Immortals. That is vindictive, but yet that is very that's Tom, you can't say that's not smart. That's smart. But that is very it's clever very, and very vindictive, clever. Good good word for it, yes. Mm -hmm. It's clever if I'm dead. I'm not dead. Because their greed kept me alive. I've got 14 going on 15 other screenplays now and they want them. That's why I'm still alive and the Great State family's not. What so I, I was gonna say, move, moving along because I'm running, I'm kind of run, running out of time. I am. We're running out of time really quick. And we can do a part two sometime, but go ahead. We will ahead. definitely do this. Where where are you where are we moving forward? I mean, are we do we going forward? Where where are you at with all of this evidence and all of this publicity now? Um in, well, it's all about it's all about protecting the evidence now. We've had break-ins and things like that. The 302. When you do a 302, when the FBI what they do is they control local police departments, okay. departments. And in fact, when I was back at uh, Pat Robertson's group, I did um, America's Most Wanted season premiere with their number one show. And the FBI took me out to dinner. These heads of the FBI took me out to dinner because uh, I was the lead of that series, that show at that time. Um, and they gave me a card from the sheriff's department from Portsmouth saying, extend every courtesy to Tom Althouse. So it's interesting. These same guys are the ones that have screwed up my life. Because they are supposed to protect against intellectual property theft. Actually, they're working for the studios to guarantee the intellectual property theft and profit off it. That's what the FBI did <clears throat> So in Hollywood. So what happens is you've got this situation where um, they are basically the 302 would allow them to break in my home, no knock entry, which they've done before, haul me off and take all my scripts and everything as evidence. They got it. Damn. And then now, I would not be allowed to see my last surviving son unless I behaved myself, and I would probably get a visit of a broken son because they've got a, um, a attorney who's also a child psychologist standing by, but clearly my sister is not even licensed, to reprogram my son to make him realize his dad was a criminal and bad, and like they did to my other children before they were killed. No, Tom, you got a call, and I did, I'm, on, I'm unable to see where the call is from. Usually, I, I, I because I've been trying to bounce your your screen here, but area code nine four one, you are unmuted and live on the Matrix Minds with myself and Tom Althouse. What's going on? What's on your mind? Hello, hello, man. Hello, Tom. How are you? Good, thank you. Hey, um, <laughs> you know, I just uh, my name's my name's uh, you can call me Tara. Basically, I'm just uh listening the whole time to everything you're talking about. And I did have questions way back, and I still have a few questions um, for you that, you know, corroborates with what is gone on with you. And um, I hope you don't find me um, a little too forward. But one, one of my questions is, so you say you're a screenwriter, correct, in Hollywood, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, screenwriter okay, so and also have you? Okay. So my question is, um, how, are you familiar with a woman by the name Sophia Stewart? 
Yeah, I sure do. I, I, okay. I actually anticipated your question because I have the answer right here in my hand. <laughs> I expected was, you to say well, hang, hang, right here. Okay. Well, okay. Go well, the thing side. about it is, because okay, okay, I'm actually not in front of a computer. Oh, okay. But the thing about it, it okay. is, is because uh, I actually know her nephew. I lived in Las Vegas. Um, a Derek? friend, a, a really good friend of mine. I know Noel and stuff. I know the, no, um, Noel, and um, basically, like she had written a manuscript in 1981, The Third Eye, and that was for the She's Matrix and the Terminator. And yeah, and she um, actually wrote the manuscript in 1981. Excuse me. And then in 1991, she copywrote it, obviously, and then she filed the lawsuits and everything like that. And that was for the sequels of The Matrix and um, Terminator with James Cameron because it broke up everything. Now she's got the mm -hmm. website, obviously, like the mother of The Matrix. So I just wanted to know with everything that's going on, are you are you actually like the in touch with her? How like you actually adapted this uh, book manuscript that she had from the studios no. and no, 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 uh, no. turned it, converted it into a screenplay? Or how, how do you two know Not each other, if you don't mind me asking? She, okay. she contacted me. As soon as my story started to break, she contacted me. And what we now have is uh, Nicholas Jackson is her number one guy. In fact, Nicholas Jackson was on the phone making sure I talked to her when things were starting to break. And Nicholas Jackson mm -hmm. has some very interesting things to say about Sophia Stewart. Sophia Stewart has been hard on me. Horrible. She has actually said that my children died in a cult by my fault. She has mocked me about the death of my sons. She is actually from oh. the University of Southern California. And her right. company is called All Eyes on Me, right, Incorporated. Mm -hmm. And basically, okay. she was somebody from USC that was brought in. And let me read. You. I'm going to show you what it says here. This is from Nicholas mm -hmm. Jackson. I'm going to show it up for the people that are they're able to see. But I'm going to read to you what Nicholas Jackson just sent to me. He's opening up all the floodgates on this. Hang on. Hold that bad boy right there. I'll make this screen big as I possibly can. There we go. This is Nicholas Jackson, her number one. Her number <coughs> one. Yep, as you he said it, which sent me from Warner Brothers. Okay, you can read it. I, but yeah, I, yeah see, it says see. this. Here's what it says. And I mean, no offense. This is Nicholas Jackson, her number one, who has now revealed everything going on. He said, as you said, a witch sent from Warner Brothers to block you and Paul Anderson, who's from Marvel Comics, from filing suit. She was a middle like Oprah. I've heard her with witches on the phone before, people with possessed voices. Warner Brothers used her as an in-house witch. Witchcraft is real in Hollywood, and they have in-house witches just like Abravik, the performance artist. And he goes on. She must have pissed him off because he goes on and on about her. In fact, she's accusing him now of all kinds of things. But again, he goes on again mm -hmm. about um, stuff with her all the way. I've seen her manuscript. There's nothing there. And if you go to this right here, here's the one that really finally exposes it. Basically, Warner Brothers is cutting her off now. They're revealing her. She didn't right. win any court case. No court cases. Go to this right here. Right. It's called Conspiracy Theory. The Matrix Conspiracy Was the Plot Stolen. Go on YouTube. Look at that. It'll go right through her book, illustrate it, right through her court papers, lay it out, and you'll have the full story. It's time to lay it to rest. Her actual PR person who connects all her media in uh, Las Vegas said, Tom, you cannot be, you can't let her do what she's doing. You've got to reveal her. Otherwise, she's your biggest problem, your biggest threat. Mm -hmm. She's in-house. She's supposed to bring you down as a first claimant. She is not the mother of the matrix. She is not. And she has, I have tapes and tapes. I'm pretty smart. I take calls, some of them. 
I've got tapes and tapes of right. her chewing me out, mocking me over the death of my sons. She's supposed to irritate wow. me, supposed to elicit a response to go with that 302 idea. And she has been absolutely hellish to me. I, I, that's all I can say is that she just and just has been a nightmare in my life. So she is in-house at Warner mm -hmm. Brothers to be a first claimant. But no, read the third eye. There's nothing there. But I would say go to that site and see it because it's time that she stops mocking the death of my sons. It's time. And I'm sorry that That's she did that. And I don't know her personally, by the way. And Matt can um, back me up on this. Like, there's just some stuff right now. Um, let's just say that, wow, um, there's a few things that you and I have in common and people. And because of conflict of interest on this phone call, I can't mm. ever talk about it on air right now. Okay. Basically, okay. I could talk to you one time down the road. But the one other question um, publicly I could ask you, because of my background and stuff, Matt understands. But um. So, um, please don't be offended, but um, <laughs> were you invited no, okay. into Hollywood? I'm glad okay. you brought it up. You, okay, yes, cool. So, yeah, clear the air, right? That was a really great yeah. um, answer. I mean, I'm not being, you know, I always wondered about her, by the way. To, uh, you know, I, I knew her nephew. I knew people that knew her. I actually live right now in Los Angeles. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been a ride. But you know, another thing I wanted to ask you was, um, are you familiar with the invites into Hollywood? Like the invites, like inviting you into the inner circles. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was invited in. I was groomed by she's okay. actually a great lady, okay. Ellen Gear. Ellen Gear was actually this is the amazing thing. Sophia Stewart came out of USC for Warner Brothers purposes. I was actually brought from Virginia by Ellen Gear. And Ellen Gear takes a grad student from USC every year and launches her film career. She said she made an exception with me. So she had me come out and play lead roles at Will Gear Theater in Topanga Canyon. And she's a good lady, but what she was doing was setting me up to work with Tom Hanks and Ron Howard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have recruits, and I, I understand the process. So I was being, I was being invited and groomed. Yeah. Hey, yeah, hey Tom. Yeah. Tom and Tara. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play the the middle person here and off the air, <laughs> off the air. Uh -huh. I'm gonna uh -huh. put I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't have to I don't even have to sell my contact. <laughs> Tara, I'm gonna put you in contact with Tom. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I appreciate it. it. Yeah, I just I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm all for it too. I just have one last question for you as a as a writer, and this is a mm -hmm. good one. You're gonna you're gonna appreciate this. By the way, you know, I have the, we'll talk about the, uh, but I pretty much, by the way, too, um, yeah, there's some people that you mentioned tonight that, well, I, I've, I've had feelings with um, on a professional mm -hmm. level. Anyhow, J.K. Rawlings, the, you know, Harry Potter, what is mm -hmm. the difference between you and J.K., who's a billionaire right now? And can I you tell the listening audience that? Yeah. Well, I sure can. I sure can. It's a great question. Actually, Warner mm -hmm. Brothers is using J.K. Rollins. I think Joel. I think Bonaventure or no, Joel Silver actually claims uh, connections with him too, and uh, also uh, Lord of the Rings, things like that. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. But what you have is they actually cited him against me. They actually cited their attorneys tried to say, well, you lifted it from J.K. Rollins. I'm like how? And they're trying to say you lifted it from Lord of the Rings. I'm like how? Harry Potter how? What they're doing is actually paying me a compliment because they're great. I mean, they have great work, but they're trying to say that mm -hmm. I somehow lifted from them. But that's they didn't have anything to go on. 
So they're trying to everything right. geared at trying to think you're not the first creator of it. Well, Jackson Eck isn't J.K. Rowling. You know, a little girl at the train station isn't J.K. Rowling. And uh, I am happy to say, great work, J.K. Rowling. But my work is not yeah, but, your work. Absolutely not right. And like, I guess I'm going to be a little more specific on the same question too with J.K. is um, based on everything you've told everybody tonight on air here. And thank you for your story and and, and a my deepest condolences about your loss Thank you. of your son. Thank you. You're, you're most welcome. Um, why, I guess, in a very plain layman's terms, is she a billionaire and famous and okay? Mm -hmm. And, you know, hanging out with Queen Elizabeth and knighted mm -hmm. as a grand dame, and, and mm -hmm. you were pretty much running for your life and lost your sons because of this and having a fight tooth and nail. I would say the answer is what I wrote was too good. And I'm not, it's actually a line from my screenplay. The reason Jim, which you can imagine a young writer is writing about himself for his lead character so he can flesh him out. So all the characteristics of Neo are from myself as I try to flesh out a protagonist, right? That's what young writers do when they right. want their first door opening piece. So it's Neo. And uh, so basically what I'm writing is, um, uh, what was I going with that? A character who, um, they said he got too close. He got too close. And that's why the, the roof caved in on me in real life too. My work was sought after by all these different studios and they decided that, you know, I guess they figured I was naive or what, but when Spielberg made his move in too and Disney got the work, uh, in my situation, they did not, Roberts, Pat Robertson did not want me whispering through art what his plans were and that was interlaced in my work, whispering through art what the religious right had in mind. So they had to cleanse it. Plus, if you look at my work, I made the big mistake you could claim. Who was Neo in my work? Who was the lead character? He's a lower echelon CIA operative, head of a department. Well, the CIA is looking to cleanse the work. They don't want to look like bad guys. Near the FBI, they're cleansing right. the Hollywood works, right? And so I have the CIA, our lead character is in a lower echelon department with the Smith agent. Who's the Smith agent? He's upper echelon CIA in my script. And then, <laughs> and then becomes, yeah, it becomes central, CIA, Central Intelligence Agency, becomes central in the New World Order. Mm. And so in my script in the Matrix Society, in that program, the real baddie is a former CIA head. No wonder they're going to cleanse it. Right. <laughs> I set it up. Wow. Whether it was to whether it was other powers involved in this, if there's a higher power that says, okay, we're exposed things, Tom, you're gonna be selected to do it. Maybe, maybe I can console myself that way. But I like to believe there's a purpose and a reason. Tara knows my mind and my my thought on what you just said. And I know she I, I and I know hers. Good. We have all got this connection to source. Okay. And some mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. somehow. Somehow, through the the pure hearts, that truth is gonna come out. Okay, mm -hmm. it may take some time, but it takes pure heart people like yourself, Tom. Okay, to get this done. And again, like every like right. Karen, it, it, we we cannot the condolences. We like Thank we you. all none cannot fathom this, because again, what the story you've got is a broken man story and here you are standing loud and proud on a soapbox that you've you know you just stumbled upon 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is not what I intended. Things are for, things are for purpose. This, You've got this it. Cup things are for me, I'll, I'll finish it. Yeah. Yeah. We all have our piece of the puzzle. And I'm never going to stop because I'm going to lift my sons in the process. And I don't want any other family to suffer what I suffered. I don't want any of the writer family to suffer what I suffered. And it, it's got to stop. And hopefully it stops with my suffering. So I'm going to do everything I can. Thank you for your time. I'm going to let another caller come in, Matt. Appreciate it, Tom, and thank you for being thank on. You, and um, you're welcome, guys. Thank you. I'm going to hang up now. All right, Tara. Thank you. You know okay, what, Tom? Bye, girl. Yeah. Bye, my girly girl. Tom, we literally we're all, we're coming up on on one four one an hour and forty eight minutes on a two hour show. Okay. Almost midnight. All right. Ter I, I, these guys again. Usually, this usually happens. Whenever they are so blown away, they don't call in. They just let let us let us talk. Have have, okay. And that's that's uh, that's, that's great. All right. What I want you to do, and what I, what I want would love to do for you is work with you. I'm a I'm a um I'm a computer savvy guy too, and I know Andrea is. I would like to help you like break up the site in, into sections. Okay. I'd love that. It, yeah, that way, get, yeah. get it. We can get it to where, you know, the um, like you the, the screenplay that was stolen, right? That is its own yeah. page. The screenplay that is like literally word for word verbatim in, in from your screenplay into other movies. That is another page. I mean, things things we we need to break it down a little bit, make it make it a little bit better. Always not all yeah. one page, but I mean, we'll, I'll work with you. And again, bro, I, I can't thank you enough for coming here, being with me, and sharing this story to everybody because we were not aware of this. Seriously, bro, we were not aware of this picture at all. I was not. I, I told you to know the story now. It it pisses me off and is a mockery to your your mental art ability and your consciousness. Mm -hmm. That you've laid out for everybody it's a mockery to you yeah, and it, it pisses yeah. me off dude i appreciate it because i want it it's like someone writing an orchestra piece where you want to you don't want to play badly you want to be able to explain it nobody can actually understand it when you go through the matrix they it's just lifted images i'm surprised that lifted images actually got a lot of the message out there that was intended and you know the story was butchered but the thing is like it'll be nice to actually uh make it the way it was written and have funding to make it the way it was written, that's going to bring the house down on Hollywood and the pedophiles. It's going to bring it down because what happens is people will see how it all connects. Liquid mirrors, the train station, security devices. You know, it's not Neil just putting his hand through it. It's not red pill, blue pill, take your pick. It's red pill or you and your family dies. The blue pill is the bootleg pill for the underground where they're trying to, you know, it's an agonizing existence with the blue pill, but it is what keeps the underground able to function to fight those in the program. The red pill is it what the uh, program you're offered if you're in the program and you don't have a choice, you take it. There is no blue pill, red pill offer. Red pill is what you're offered to join the program. Blue pill is what the underground has bootlegged in order to get into the program too and to survive long enough painfully to act in it. So, you know, when you put it back the way it's supposed to, it is the stakes are higher and you have to layer back the images that were lifted. Without all the fluff and stuff that the Wachowskis added in from their intel small intellect, into it to make it fit like the filler like those ghosts like i said the ghost uh the train man ghost in show ghost 
That doesn't mm -hmm. work. It doesn't fit the story. Um, the Alice in Wonderland rabbit thing, it doesn't really fit. They're just borrowing everything to put in uh, the gaps from lifted imagery they think is cool as they make it up on set. I think people will understand that. It'll be nice to actually make it the way it was supposed to be made. Wow. All right, Tom. You know what? <laughs> I, I I don't – usually my guests, my, my calling guests uh, Monday and Wednesday, they, they – they, they call in and they share, you know, on at the, usually the last 10 minutes of the show, they, they say something positive and, and we exit, exit out of the show here. Normally my interviewees, I don't do that too, but I'm going to tell you what, you are, you are a very passionate person. You are on a roll. I want you to, on your, on our final episode, final facade here. I want you to share something positive. Listen to me. I'm going to do whatever the hell I got to do to get this podcast to some really, really important people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I want you to, I know this funny. You mentioned CIA earlier. Okay. Yeah. Dude, I talk, I talk directly to a, a handful of them because they, I know, I know that there is some good hearted, pure heart people involved in a very, very bad basket labeled yeah. at ABC. Yeah. I have got, in my mind, those pure heart CIA, FBI, NSA, DOD, mm -hmm. they're the ones that's going to bring down the house of facade. The illusion. I hope so. I hope so. So, Tom. Because that, yeah, yeah. On your way out, on your way out, I want you to say something to your, say something to your accommodants, your partners in Hollywood, your authors, your artists. Say something positive to them, because I know you're not alone, and so do they. They may be listening to you now. I have no idea. That's right. Yeah, what I would say is um, we've got this. We've got it. Um, the reason I'm alive is because I had 14 other screenplays, and they, it was greed that kept me alive. Now that I'm alive, the whole system's thrown askew. Um, we're told just by making the film as written, this piece, uh, love it or hate it, people will come and see it, and it will be such that people will finally understand what the matrix meant, how the images were lifted, and that means that even if they put an injunction on us, we win. If they don't, everyone's going to come and see all these images and how they tie together. We win. The game is over. So now they're talking about, even paparazzi call me, there's a new Hollywood. We all know there's a new Hollywood's forming. I've had writers from Warner Brothers rooting for me. What I see is a lot of writers where a time's coming, we're going to have a golden age. We're in the golden age of writing. We're going to see a lot of work that was ripped off, made the way it was supposed to be, restored. It's going to be a golden age, and we're going to be glad we're alive to see this. So I'm just saying to all the writers out there that have survived all this, kudos to you. That have survived the grist mill, kudos to you. A great world's coming. A beautiful world's coming. And you're going to see peace that has that, pieces that have that passion restored and that drive restored. Nothing bland downed. Nothing that strips it apart and just is for, you know, to make a dime. It's going to be about lifting humanity. And I know other writers out there, you guys have that passion. Other people in the field, I'm talking to uh, people who do uh, music, people who do art direction are calling, people who are producer, directors. I'm getting all these calls now from around the world. And I'm hearing these amazing people talking to me, NASA scientists, you know, saying it's great to talk to you, Tom. So I'm knowing that it meant something to survive now. And I know that we're all going to pull this together. We need each other to do it. And we're going to do some great work ahead. And I'm glad. I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of you guys 
and even just talking, having coffee or tea or just chatting, a great world's coming, a great world for everybody. I know it. Bingo. All right, Mr. Althouse, again, I appreciate you. We definitely got to touch base on a number two a little bit later. I know you've got some things in the works, right? You've got, uh, the, you know, this entire thing is it, it's up in court, right? You're, you're working on things right now. Or we're we're educating the public first. Educating the public first is what we're told to do. We've got some really okay. specialist people that are saying, educate the public, let them use critical thinking. Once they understand it, no judge will dare take away our due process and rights like we were railroaded before with provided attorneys. So right now we're educating the public and that's what you're doing right now. You're allowing it with some great people that are you know, in the industry itself. So, and then the idea is make the film also, make the documentary. So once this is done, the game is over. And those that, it, it really drew all the baddies out. All these people that have basically harnessed and bled the bear that were writers, uh, they're now, greed brought them all in on this project. As you know, like Spielberg and other guys. So it's time now. This reveals, unmasks everything. And finally, the artists can take the lead. The writers can take the lead. You know, it's, it's going to be amazing what springs up studio-wise and things like that. So, Tom, that's the, way it's, that's the way it's supposed to be, my friend. All right. Once again, man, I appreciate you joining me, Tom Althouse. you got a beautiful family, my friend. You just stay, of course. Mm -hmm. Stay headstrong like I know you are, bro. I've been looking at you all night on, on a whole other big TV over here. You look strong, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah, you count on it. I will stay strong. I will stay strong. Yeah. I've been through it already. I don't know how many 302 attempts there's already been, but uh, I'll, I'll do the course. I'll get through it. I'll see All right, my friend. Thank you once again, buddy. We'll talk to you. Part two, I tr believe me, we're going to catch up with you again. Excellent. I'm looking forward to all it. Right. All right. Good night to you. All right, everybody, Mr. Tom Althouse, I'm going to go ahead and hang up on him and uh, let him tune into Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.